Today I have um, Christoph Karmanik, who is uh, Houston Methodist Hospital. And uh, Christoph has an editor choice um, article, which is published in the May issue of JNIS. Um, the title is Three-Dimensional Printing of Anatomically Accurate Patient-Specific Intracranial Aneurysm Models. Christoph, um, thanks for agreeing to talk to me today. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the design of the study and maybe summarize the results for me? Yes, certainly. So, first of all, though, I would like to thank you uh, for your interest in, in, in our research here, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have the opportunity to, to, to talk to you about today. And, uh, of course, this is a collaboration between the departments of uh, radiology and neurosurgery and the MRI core team here at the uh, Houston Methodist Hospital, uh, as well as, uh, you know, participants from our summer student program. Uh, so yeah, uh, we had, uh, you have, as you may know, we have a long interest in better understanding cerebral aneurysms, and uh, we uh, recently acquired a 3D printer. And um, in the course of that, we wanted to create, you know, 3D model, 3D printed models of, of cerebral aneurysms, but we wanted to really get a feeling for how accurate those those models actually are. And uh, this printer is actually a consumer-grade printer. It's very cost-effective. And so even more so, the need arose to to see how accurate are those models. And uh, for that purpose, we uh, retrospectively collected 3D data sets, 3D digital subtraction and geography data sets from cerebral aneurysms uh, that were acquired during diagnostic examinations. Uh, We segmented the luminous surface of these aneurysms. And uh, they served, this surface then served as input, uh, as input for the 3D printing process. Um, in those models, in those data sets, we identified the largest diameter of each aneurysm. And uh, then we also, in the printing process, created models where we interrupted the printing pretty much halfway or at the point where we really had a nice plane of that largest diameter. So we were able, actually, in those models then, to use a caliper and to measure the extent or the diameter of those aneurysms. And that, of course, we compared those measurements in those in data sets. And the um, correlation of those measurements in our 10 models were excellent. Uh, the correlation coefficient was really close to 1, uh, 0.999, and the p-value was less than 0.001. Oh, that's uh, great. We had three independent, yeah, so, so we were really pleased and a little you know, surprised by, by that result. Um, we had uh, three independent observers uh, measuring during the caliper measurements, actually two students from our summer student program, and uh, the, the, the third person was Dr. Anderson, who was here at MRI Corps, who was really very instrumental in conducting the study. The, the, the measurements had a standard deviation, an average standard deviation of 0.02 millimeters, and the measurement wow. in the ESA images was 0.05 millimeters. So that all looks good, looks, looks very comparable. We also looked at systematic deviation, deviations, small aneurysms compared to large aneurysms uh, with a blunt outline plot, and we couldn't find any there. So that all looks good. And then we went to our, the next step uh, that was uh, is a potential application of these of these uh, models. Uh, we put it in a flow loop. We put it into an MRI scanner, and we acquired flow images, so three-dimensional and four-dimensional phase contrast MRI images. Um, so we really wanted to look at feasibility, yeah, and then that worked actually very well. So we concluded that actually these consumer-grade printers that are now available in a controlled setting, of course, and with appropriate validation, are able to create 3D uh, printed models 
of retrieval aneurysms that can be used further in research. Well, that's great. Um, you, you know, most people that know me know that I'm pretty technologically uh, challenged. So can you work me through the, the process of 3D printing? I mean, how, how, how laborious of a process is that? I, I, I should say we really um, were pleasantly surprised how um, simplified the process has become. Mm, I'm saying that, you know, and I'm getting to a little bit better uh, description just in a moment, and it all depends, of course, you know, doing... Uh, uh, people doing this that, that know about all the different aspects, but nevertheless, um, uh, 3D printing, as you might know, is, is an additive manufacturing technique, and that simply means that successive layers of a material are deposited on top of each other, and they then form a 3D object or a 3D model. And so for our printer, that means that filaments, or plastic filament, or more specifically, it's polyacid, PLA, is heated, liquefied in a printhead, and then uh, through a nozzle deposited, and the printhead is moving uh, two-dimensional and, of course, then three-dimensional for each layer uh, going up. And uh, so, so in that in that way, this model is created. How long does that process take uh, usually? That depends really on the model. Um, for for these aneurysms, it's it's about I would say like 30 minutes, and it depends a little bit on the thickness of the layer, as you might imagine, right? If I have very thick layers, they may go faster. Uh, if I have thin layers like 0.1 millimeters, and you know, you know about the size of an aneurysm, right? You can you can imagine how long that would might take. But you know, it's not only the printing itself. Uh, there there are some other factors that go into actually creating the print-ready model, solid object, a hollow object, uh, however that is defined. And this surface has to be prepared in a certain way. So uh, first, that surface has to be segmented from the images. In this case, this way this digital subtraction and geography images, and then the surface has to be cleaned in a way, you know, that you don't have holes, that you don't have orientations of surface elements that are uh, uh, wrong. So, you know, one, one surface element that's, you know, supposedly the inner surface as compared to the outer surface. Uh, so that takes some time, and uh, knowing about the complexity of the shape of cerebral aneurysms uh, surrounding uh, parenchyma or bone, it may be difficult to segment aneurysms. Um, so that really depends on the model, but for a reasonably good DSA image, it may be 30 minutes or so, and then, uh, you know, cleaning it, so total maybe 30 minutes, printing 30 minutes, right? So this is a rather rapid process, as I would call it. Uh, however, it really takes people that are experienced doing this. So, you know, if you start off, there's a learning curve, of course, and then uh, you have to get to a point that you get a feel for 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 this for this models and then I guess you you go and have fun and print. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said the 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 3D printer that you were using is a consumer grade. In general, ballpark figures about how much are those? So this particular printer that that you purchased uh, three years back was two thousand dollars. Oh, okay. And uh, the material, pretty recently. Yeah, the material is about fifty dollars per, per pound per kilogram. So really, I mean, in a big scheme of things. It's not really that expensive, but but again, uh, you need some people that actually maintain the printer, so you need somebody that really um, knows about these things. That is a little bit also why we decided to do that study. Um, as you might know, there are other methods and other printers and other procedures out there much more expensive, and uh, you know this is really something that needed, in our opinion, a little bit more validation before we went about creating those models and using them for our research.
You mentioned other uh, methods of, for example, flow analysis. So how, how do you view this technique compared to uh, CFD techniques? Many years we looked into uh, CFD for using, you know, using it as a tool to better understand flow dynamics and swivel aneurysms. And um, I, I look at all these tools as approximations to reality. Um, uh, I, I believe a biological system is really much more complex as, as uh, you know, most of these tools actually allow us to reproduce it. At, so we can only understand different aspects. And uh, computational fluid dynamics, and as it has been used for many years, not, not by everybody, but for many groups, it, it, for example, uses rigid walls, so it doesn't take into account wall motion. Uh, many groups may not use patient-derived boundary conditions. And so that's an approximation, which, which has its okay to use for some aspects. And so that is something these models here, which again are made out of plastic, have rigid balls, uh, if they put in a flow loop, uh, they, they actually can help to validate those CFD simulations or can actually um, maybe help understand the results of those CFD simulations. Uh, there may be more advanced uh, approaches uh, to the simulations that take into account uh, ball motion, uh, that take into account ball elasticity, uh, and, and, and things like that. So one has, in my opinion, be always be aware of limitations of each method. And once you know those limitations, of course, then you can derive new uh, information from, from your models, and that can help you then understand the complex biological system. Um, so you mentioned wall elasticity. Do you think that it may be possible to uh, mimic the biological aspects of wall elasticity um, with the 3D models, or is that sort of fanciful thinking? There are advanced printers, and I'm not going to necessarily talk about you know, our, our consumer-paid printer here for, for, for $2,000, but there are, there are more advanced printers that actually now are able to mix uh, different two materials with different properties, like a rigid one and an elastic model. Um, they mix it together on the fly. Like Basically, you can uh, create areas in this model that have different material properties. And so these printers may be able to mimic uh, better uh, biological tissue. Now, the issue I see is a little bit different. The, the question is, can you really get insight on, on an understanding of that material properties of a particular aneurysm ball? And as you know, what has really uh, been done in the, in the last years more and more is actually use uh, MRI imaging with contrast to look at heterogeneity, heterogeneity of contrast uptake in aneurysm balls. And, and this technique uh, may, may help uh, to, to get insight into material properties, and these advanced printers may then be able to reproduce that. But, but by and large, I really think that biological tissue is very complex and also undergoes remodeling or you know, changes. And there, I, I still think, are limitations of these 3D printed models. Okay. So what's the next step for this? I mean, where do you see the research going uh, yeah. in this area? We had success here in using our our 3D 3D models to um, develop a, an in vivo MRI protocol. So we are actually in the process of, of measuring flow in vivo in in cerebral aneurysms. And these 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 3D printed models that we created and putting it in our flow loop in the scanner actually helped us then to optimize an acquisition protocol, MRI acquisition protocol. Uh, simply because dimensions were the same and uh, you know flow was the same or similar to in vivo. And so we were able to then image our patients without having to do a lot of optimization. That was, was you know, reduced examination time on the patient. And I really think this is, this is, one, so this is one application we found. Uh, the other one is patient education. 
right? To, to, to show patients what is actually an aneurysm. And uh, uh, that, that is also, I think, something that, that, that we found is, is beneficial. Uh-huh. Now, um, going forward, and, and people have, some people have done that, I believe they, they, they looked into can we actually many treatments, can we uh, train uh, treatment on aneurysm, maybe the fluid, fluid operating devices, placed fluid operating devices, stents or other things, uh, across a realistic model, so you know, accurately shaped or accurately sized model of, of, of an aneurysm. So, so this is really something uh, that may have potential for the future, but also with our, with our consumer grade printers, we are actually to do this in-house here. And um, so if something is not to our liking, we can quickly reproduce or recreate the model or change the model. This is also something of an advantage. Christoph, this is very exciting stuff. Uh, um, this is amazing. And, and believe it or not, you, you made it so I could even understand it, which is um, uh, uh, not a small task. Um, I, I really thank you for um, taking time to talk to me today, and um, I, I look forward to seeing more of it. Yeah, my, my pleasure. And, and thanks again for your interest in all this. 